Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that today and every day we would know you to be the way, the truth, and the life that we might find hope and peace and joy and strength. I ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Please be seated. On February 22nd, 1943, almost exactly 80 years ago, a young German woman named Sophie Scholl was executed by the Nazis, along with her brother Hans and their best friend, their friend Christoph Probst. Their crime was distributing anti-war pamphlets at Ludwig Maximilian University. Sophie was 21 years old, Hans was 24, and Christoph 23. And as Sophie was led to the guillotine, her final words were as follows. How can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? It is such a splendid sunny day, and I have to go. But how many have to die on the battlefield in these days? How many young, promising lives? What does my death matter if by our acts thousands are warned and alerted? Among the student body there will certainly be a revolt. And then right at the end she said this, God, you are my refuge into eternity. I share the story with you for a few reasons. First, because Sophie and Hans and Christoph were Christians. Their faith in Jesus led them to form the non-violent resistance group known as White Rose. Second, because in her final words, Sophie echoes the psalm this morning, the words of King David. In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. And finally, I share this story with you because Sophie and Hans and Christoph were martyrs. They were people who gave up their lives for Jesus, who were so convinced of Jesus' goodness, his presence, his power, that they were willing to die for him. And not just to die, but to die peacefully, even joyfully. Did you hear what she said? It is such a splendid sunny day, and I have to go. What remarkable words. In today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we hear about the first Christian martyr, Stephen. Stephen has been arrested by the Jewish ruling council because he won't stop talking about Jesus. Won't stop telling people that Jesus is God, that he's come back from the dead, that Jesus has the power to save us from sin and death. Stephen is brought in before the council, and still he won't shut up. He recounts to them the whole history of Israel, which they know well, but he's going to tell them again. He recounts to them how time and time again God sent messengers and prophets to his people, and time and time again God's people reject God's messengers, even as they rejected and killed Jesus. And Stephen is pretty bold, doesn't mince words, he doesn't hold back. He says, 
You stiff-necked people. You are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the Messiah, and now you have become His betrayers and murderers. Well, that's enough for the council. They drag Him out of the city. They begin to to stone Him, to execute Him by throwing rocks at Him. And what does Stephen say? What does he do? Acts tells us, while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he died. Martyrdom is not a pleasant topic, but it has been a reality of Christian life for thousands of years. You know, nearly every one of the original apostles lost their life because they wouldn't stop talking about Jesus, wouldn't stop proclaiming His resurrection from the dead. I saw something interesting about that this week. There was a little quote from Chuck Colson going around Facebook. Remember Chuck Colson? Watergate, Nixon's right-hand man, went to jail, then converted to Christianity, started this ministry called Prison Fellowship International, through which tens of thousands of convicts have come to know Jesus. Chuck Colson said, I know that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is a fact. I know that because 12 men wouldn't stop talking about it for 40 years in spite of imprisonment, beatings, and persecutions. He said, During Watergate, 12 of the most powerful men in the world couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. (laughs) But 12 ordinary men keeping a lie for 40 years? Impossible. I know that the resurrection happened. And that's what happened to the apostles. They were persecuted, imprisoned, beaten, and martyred because they wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. The Roman Empire regularly and brutally persecuted Christians, especially Emperor Nero, who had a specific distaste for Christians. The the Roman historian Tacitus, a contemporary of Nero's, here's what he says about the persecution of Christians under Nero. He says, mockery of every sort was added to their deaths. They were covered with the skins of animals, then torn by dogs and perished, or were nailed to crosses or were doomed to flames and burnt to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight had expired. Nero used Christians to light the city at night. You know, martyrdom also, it may seem like something that happened only in the past, but the truth, you know, most scholars have looked into this, the truth is that there probably were more Christians martyred in the 20th century than all other centuries combined. Somewhere around 25 to 30 million Christians lost their lives, executed for their faith in Jesus. In Germany, as we heard, in Armenia, the Soviet Union, China, Uganda, Sudan, just to name a few. And you may remember uh, just a few years ago, 2015, remember those 21 Egyptian Coptic Christians who were beheaded by ISIS? And yet they did it peacefully, willingly because of their faith in Jesus. What an amazing thing. Now, of course, many people have died for what they believe. They've died for being part of a religious or ethnic group. 
But what interests me is not the fact that Sophie and Stephen and the apostles died for what they believed, but rather how they died. Again, what did Sophie Scholl say? It is such a splendid sunny day, and I have to go. God, you are my refuge into eternity. And what did Stephen say? Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And his final words, do not hold this sin against them. Again, they died peacefully, even joyfully, lovingly, lovingly towards God, but also shockingly, lovingly towards people, even the people who were putting them to death. How is that possible? How does that happen? In our weekly men's and women's Bible studies, which I commend to you because they're a lot of fun, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends his disciples out to preach and to teach and to heal. And before he does, he gives them some instructions. He says, take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, only take one tunic, not two, or sandals, no staff. So what are they supposed to take? Nothing, apparently. Nothing but the clothes on their back. And then he warns them about the resistance they will face, the kind of resistance that Stephen faces in today's reading. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. They will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. You'll be dragged before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. One of the guys in our men's group said, uh, this is like the worst pep talk ever. <laughs> Jesus says, take nothing with you and it's going to be hard. There'll be resistance. But listen to what he says next. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. It is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father, the Holy Spirit, speaking through you. Now, notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, don't worry, I'll get you out of that mess. Don't worry, everything will be fine but rather don't worry because I will be with you. I will strengthen you, encourage you. I will give you the words to say. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sophie Scholl and Stephen could die the way they did because they were not alone. These were not extraordinary people. They were ordinary people captured by the extraordinary love and power and presence of Jesus. As Jesus is giving instructions to His disciples in Matthew 10, He says another thing I want to mention this morning. He says, a disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. Again, Stephen and Sophie can give themselves over to the death they do because they know that that's the same kind of death that Jesus himself died. Someone once said, uh, whatever game God is playing with us, he, he plays by his own rules. Jesus enters into our suffering, enters into our life, enters into our death, enters into our persecution. 
Stephen and Sophie become like Jesus in the manner of their death. And just like Jesus, they don't defend themselves, they don't fight back, they don't resort to violence. Rather, they entrust themselves to the care of their heavenly Father. And like Jesus, they even showed love towards the people who were putting them to death. What does Jesus say on the cross as He's hanging there? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And finally, Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. So Jesus promises to be with us. Jesus enters into our suffering. And then finally, uh, today's gospel reading, some incredibly comforting words, words we often read at funerals. What does Jesus say? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. That's our final hope, that on the other side of death, Jesus is waiting to greet us, that Sophie and Stephen and all who've gone before have taken up residence in their heavenly mansion, their heavenly dwelling place. Jesus is with us. He knows our pain, and He says this is not the end. I pray that none of us will ever have to experience what Sophie and Stephen do. But if we do, no matter what difficulties we face, we know the hope we have, the hope of Jesus. It's in Him that we put our trust. Amen.